0: Welcome to the Foundational Podcast. We are so glad that you're here and we value our listeners so much. We just wanted to let you know that we are going to be taking a break through the rest of October and on to November 10th. Will we be back here November 10th with a brand new episode? In the meantime, this is a great opportunity for you to catch up on some past episodes that you may have missed. And if you're a new listener, we have a wonderful and extensive library of podcasts for you to listen to until we return. We will see you back here November 5th. Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Today's message is based on a scripture out of Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to have it up on the big screen as well, but I'd like to read this passage to you. And uh, a lot of times we read together, but this one's a little bit long for us to read together as a church family. So follow along. On the screen or in your scripture, it's Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 30, beginning at verse 30. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. ...when she had received the spies with peace. What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell... ...of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah... ...also of David and Samuel and the prophets... ...who through faith subdued kingdoms... ...worked righteousness, obtained promises... ...stopped the mouth of lions... ...quenched the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. All these. And all these have obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And that ends chapter 11, and then chapter 12 begins with, therefore... We also. Therefore, we also. The apostle writing this epistle is saying, these people of faith, historically, of the past have been an example and a model. Listen, for every disciple of every generation, therefore, we also, that includes you and me. Pastor Jesse, I think they missed it. (laughs) When he says, therefore, we also, he is including you and me in that statement. He's talking about us. Amen. So listen up. <laughs> this is for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's talking to you now. Uh-huh. Therefore, we also, seeing we are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. And let us run with patience or let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand, the majesty on high. Look what he's saying. Therefore, seeing we are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. He is saying to you and to me right now in heaven, these giants of the faith, many of them, we don't even have their name, but they gave their life for the gospel and for the Lord Jesus Christ. They refuse to deny the Lord Jesus Christ yeah. behind the bamboo curtain when They have come and they have demanded that they deny Jesus. That they deny Almighty God. They gave their life rather than denying their faith. Those through behind the iron curtain that precious Jewish Messianic daughter of God I sat at her table. Didn't feel worthy to even sip tea with her. They had Her and her husband together had spent 40 years in the gulag for their faith because they smuggled Christian literature from Finland behind the Iron Curtain. And that day, we were in her home. Her husband was tracking across from Finland into the Iron Curtain with a carload of Christian literature. Giants. Of the faith. You know where they are right now? They're in that great grandstands of heaven, and they're cheering us on. And they're saying it's worth it. Come on, child of God. Come on, it's worth it. Come on, stand strong. Don't give up. Come on, child of God. Keep running the race. Lay aside that stuff that would cause you to stumble. Come on, take off those weights that would hinder you from running. Come on, give off that temptation. Come on, run the race. Run the race with endurance, child of God. It's worth the race. Yes. Yes. amen, amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Cornelius vonar spent 30 years behind the Iron Curtain, planning churches in Poland, coming up with creative ideas to employ his people. The last time I was with him. One American dollar was worth 2,500 zlotys. Their economy was totally ruined. But he was sharing the gospel and they were planting churches. He himself, out of his congregation, had planted five other churches behind the Iron Curtain. He's in heaven today cheering us on. Remember one time we took several hundred dollars to him because when we had been there with him the time before, they had no hot water. They literally heated the water on the stove to take their baths and things. And so we took him money to buy a hot water heater. He looked at me with an incredulous look and said, We can't get a hot water heater. I said, Sure, here's the money. Do you need more? We'll give you more. He said, no, no, you don't understand. They're not making hot water heaters right now. You know, in our American economy, we don't get that, right? Unless, of course, you go to Walmart right now and they tell you they can't get water. And I go, wait a minute, let me me think about this. 15 minutes away is the Columbia River. We're out of water. ever feel like you're being lied to? (laughs) But, dear ones, these giants of the faith are saying to you and I, come on, run with endurance. All the stuff you're facing right now, run with endurance. Do not give up. Do not quit. Do not back up. Do not compromise. Do not give in. Do not but stand strong and run the race. But also, it is saying you got to take off those things that hinder you, folks. There's just stuff you got around you that's hindering you right now. You got stuff in your brain, stinking thinking that you need to get rid of because it's hindering your run right now. There's stuff that you are allowing into your home and allowing into your life that are hindering your run right now. You got to unstrap those things. Every time I read this, it reminds me. When I was a sophomore in high school, I was a middle distance runner. And and I was I was a fairly good middle distance runner. My, my PR in the half mile was um, 1 minute 58 seconds. And that's not that's not bad, I mean it's not world record, but it's good. And one day I was out practicing and I was the only one out there cuz it was early early track season. And nobody wanted to work that hard. I was out there working by myself. And this gal comes out, and she's running. And I'm watching her run, and she's got something around her ankles. And I said, what do you got? She says, oh, these are weights. I said, what, what are you running with weights for? I hadn't seen them before. And she said, oh, these, I run with these. And then when I take them off and I do my time trials, I feel light and I run faster. I go, oh, that's cool. So she ran some more, and pretty soon she was going to run a time trial. And I said, oh, you want, you want me to chase you? She said, sure. And I thought, I mean, you could beat a girl, right? <laughs> we went through the first quarter shoulder to shoulder, and then she had rockets in her shoes. <laughs> All I saw were Taillights. I said, I gotta get me a pair of those. (laughs) Listen, for some of you, you're going, you're going, why, why am I not running? I look at others and they seem to be running the race really easy. Why am I, why am I, folks, it has to do with faith. Faith. You're trying to fight the battle and you're and you're all tangled up. And it's hard to swing when you got chains on your arms. It's hard to stand and fight when you got all kinds of stuff holding you back. And that's what the apostle is saying here. Look at this chapter of faith. Look what they did. And I'm saying to you, you can, you can also believers in 2021. You can do this also, but you've got to lay aside that stuff and you've got to run this race with your eyes fixed on Jesus. Stop looking at the Congress. Stop looking at the Senate. Stop looking at the news. Stop listening to the talking heads and get your eyes on Jesus. Well, we got the introduction done. You ready for the sermon now? (laughs) See, this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about in chapter 6 of Ephesians, which is our base chapter for this whole series that Pastor Jesse's going to wrap up next week. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against principalities and powers. Or we wrestle not against flesh and blood, excuse me, but against principalities and powers. Thank you. Sometimes my 72-year-old brain gets sideways. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Against the rulers of the darkness in this world. Against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. And having done all to stand. Stand. Having your loins skirt about with truth. Yes. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Yes. Having put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith. Wow. to we got we to stand with the right armor on. We've got to wear the right clothes if we're going to win this battle, because it is a battle. And so the apostle tells us, above all, what does that mean? Well, I looked it up in the Greek, and it's very interesting, because what it means is above all. Over everything. See, some of you, some of you, you, you have difficulty staying consistent in your walk, in your run with Jesus because you're not sheltered. Remember, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my God, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. You don't have protection over you. And you're wondering why? You ever, you ever got down for prayer and you're just earnestly going to seek the Lord and you get down for prayer and the craziest thoughts start running through your brain? Yeah. And you go, where did that go? I'm trying to pray and I'm having those kind of thoughts. And people tell me, says Pastor, I just, I just give up because these, these thoughts, I don't know where they come from, they just come into my brain. And I go, you know why? You don't have the shield over all. And the shield, when he's talking about shield here, the, the Greek word is referring to a Greek form of shield. But, but the Apostle Paul is writing during the time of the Roman Empire. And the Romans had three kinds of shields okay, that, that they carried. One was an oval shield, a, a round shield that they carried called the parma. And they carried that shield Especially the younger soldiers carried that shield. They had a javelin, a sword, a helmet, and that shield. And they would use it to cover themselves from blows against their head. They would would cover their chest and their their vital organs with that shield when they were in battle. Doing hand-to-hand combat. That's what those men did. They carried that shield into hand-to-hand combat. And then they had the centra. And that was a shield that was about 36 inches tall. and was wide. And that shield was, again, for moving in and a kind of a phalanx move, moving in, going into hand-to-hand combat. But then they had the scutum. The scutum was 48 inches tall. It was 18 inches wide. And it was kind of oval this way. It came back, and it came back a full foot. This was the shield that they used when they were doing what was called the turtle move. And they would they would do it as a squadron and they would lock their shields shoulder to shoulder to shoulder so that they were completely covered. And then then they would have men in the middle, and they would raise them up so it was complete. They were completely covered like a turtle shell. So they had men up front, they had men on the sides, they were completely surrounded by these. 48-inch shields, and they could stand behind them and they could move forward. Before they went into battle, they would soak these shields in water so it could quench the fiery arrows that would be shot at them. Above all, taking the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy... Oh, now it makes sense what he's saying, right? I got to have this shield. I got to be standing behind this shield. I got to put on the shield. And it's what? It's the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Now, you got to understand, faith is like a coin with two sides. Got the heads and got the tail, right? And faith is like that because the one side is the action side the action side of faith now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen it's that faith that caused Moses to stand before the Red Sea and hold out his staff believing that God was going to make it dry ground wow it's that which caused Joshua to say to the priests, I want you to walk around the city. We're going to do this for seven days. The next six days we're going to do it one time. But on the seventh day we're going to do it seven times and then we're going to blow the horns and we're going to shout the shout and the walls are going to foul down. Right. Those walls that you could run chariots on, they're just going to fall down. Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, they did. Come on, amen. Yeah. It's that faith that caused the prophet to say, oh, yeah, go and, and throw this in, and the iron will float. And the axe had floated. I, iron floated? Really? Almighty God just put his hand in there and just pushed it back up to the top, right? See, dear ones, faith. Faith. It's faith, action. It caused us to stand before the 300-foot statue of Lenin in the center of the city of Tashkent, commanding communism to come down and socialism to be cast to the ground. And then four days later, as we are walking to our gate... In Amsterdam, the headlines on the newspaper was that Checkpoint Charlie was open and free and the Iron Curtain had come down. Now, I'm not foolish enough to believe that we were the only ones praying that. I believe that night as we were standing before that 300-foot statue of linen commanding communism to come down and socialism to be cast to the ground, I believe Almighty God had raised up thousands around the world that were praying that prayer of faith and in four days we would see communism come down. Come on, amen? amen. Faith is action. But the other side of that coin is substance. Substance. Action, this side. Substance, this side. What do you mean substance? What do you believe? What are you putting your trust and confidence in? The substance of what we believe. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For they that come to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. See, action based on trust, confidence, reliance... Upon substance that has validity. Substance that is truth. Unshakable truth. Absolute truth. Truth that is for all generations, of all cultures, of all peoples. The word of the living God. And God himself who wrote it. See, people say, well, the Bible's just a book by men. No, 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 no. God wrote it. Men just publish it. And because men just publish it, they have no authority to edit it or change it. Because it's God's Word. get a little nervous when the Bible you're reading has to be edited every three or four years. You might want to find a better translation. One that goes directly to the original manuscripts. Come on, amen? amen. amen. Just, just a thought, just a thought. But listen, our faith, our faith, our action is based upon who God is because we know who God is. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. God is love. He's not sitting up there with a baseball bat ready to hit you because you make mistakes all the time. He's not a God that's going to throw you out and say, "Well, okay, that's it. We're done with you. Come on. You're you're out of here. That's not the God we serve. He's a God of love. He's a God of justice. Yes, he loves justice. Yes. He doesn't work by fairness. He works by justice. If you haven't figured out yet, fairness is never fair. <laughs> Cuz it's based on human reasoning and human ideology, <clears throat> and it'll never be fair. But when you go to Almighty God who is just, He is always just and true and you can always count on Him because our God never fails. You must believe that He is. And you know, He's, He's immutable. That means He never changes. So I just want you to know the Almighty God that we were worshiping a little bit ago He is holy, the God who says that, oh, if I can just, if I can just see his face, his grace abounds to me. Come on, amen? Amen. That God that we were singing about, he's the same God that had Moses hold out his staff. Isn't it interesting? Moses didn't have any of the pyrotechnics that we have today. He didn't have any of that. He didn't have any bulldozers. He didn't have any caterpillars. He didn't have any of that stuff. All he had was a stick. What you got in your hand? What do you have in your hand, Pastor Dean? I don't have very much. I'm just well. What do you have? Because God says this, whatever you have, child, if you will give it to me, I will make it a miracle worker. What do you need? What do you you need? I I used to love to hear Steve Lytle tell his stories of his work in Europe and, and behind the Iron Curtain. He was telling us this time they'd, they'd been in Italy ministering and they had to get back to, um, to Brussels and uh, on their journey out of Italy they were, in, they were in the Austrian Alps and in the Austrian Alps he looked down and realized that they were out of fuel. And he thought, and if you know the Austrian Alps if you've driven between Villach and Salzburg there ain't nothing baby except mountains and tunnels. Lots and lots of long tunnels. <laughs> he began crying out to God. And his partner was asleep. And he looked in his rearview mirror. And, and it was on empty. It had been on empty for a long time. But they were still going along. And they weren't, they weren't even slowing down. They thought, wow. And he looked in his rearview mirror. And there were two tall angels pushing his car. And he started shouting, and his partner woke up and said, what? He said, look in the rearview mirror. And then the partner started shouting, and those two angels pushed them all the way to the gas station. What do you need? See, Almighty God hasn't changed. He's the same God that worked with Joshua, the same God that was with David when he faced Goliath. He's the same God that Peter and John had when they met the man at the gate, beautiful. He's the same God that worked with the Apostle Paul. He is the living God who never changes. But we must believe that God is. And that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Do you believe God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him? Do you really believe that? See, do you do you believe? Because see, here's here's what it says. It says, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and by this the elders obtained a good report. That's verse 1. And do you remember down there about verse 38? It talks about, and by this, they received a good testimony. Because they believed. They believed that God is, and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The words of Jesus. Ask, and shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Now, listen. You stop right there. People go, Well, yeah, I believe that for that televangelist. Yeah, I believe that for you, Pastor. You're the pastor. Yeah, I believe, well, I believe that for them because they're really, really good Christians. No, no. It says, because Jesus goes on. Here's Jesus' exact words For to everyone, that asks he receive. Right. To everyone that seeks he shall find. We've got a pause right here. You might want to just turn to your neighbor and just quietly say I think he's talking about you. <laughs> to everyone that knocks it shall be opened. Amen. For a few. He says. He said. Because you as a father. If your son asks. For an egg. Are you going to give him a scorpion? If he asks for bread. Are you going to give him a rock? And then he says this. If you being earthly fathers. Know how to give good things. Listen closely. How much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask him? Oh, yeah, that deserves a praise right there. Yes, it does. Yep, yep. I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts for good and not for evil. Yes. To give you a future and a hope. Amen. And then he goes on to say this. If you seek me, you shall surely find me. Amen. If you Is search for me with all your heart. See, God's a God who rewards those who diligently seek Him. That's our God. What do you need from God right now? Need a miracle? Pastor, I just don't see any way. I don't see any way. I'm about to lose my job. I just don't see any way. I, I understand. Years ago, God spoke to Juan and I that we were to set a limit on our living, and anything He would give us above and beyond that, we were to invest in the kingdom. We've been doing that now for almost 40 years. But there was a time, in the 1980s, we had planted this church that grew to several hundred. We were getting the highest salary we'd ever got. We were were giving to the kingdom more than we'd ever given to the kingdom. And God told us to resign our salary and live by faith. Now, we had three kiddos in the home. We were home-educating. I was, if I'm remembering correctly, I was either just completing my undergrad work or I was doing my first master's degree. And we obeyed God. And wouldn't you know it, God would test us. Now, let me say to you, before that, we planted a church in Toronto, Canada. And there were times when money would come, we wouldn't know where it would come from. Remember one time I came home and I said, I need to go visiting tonight, but we got very little gas in the car, and, and, so, and I don't have money to buy gas, and so I'm just going to stay home and we're going to pray. And our oldest daughter at that time was like an infant. And I sat down on her couch and I grabbed an evangel magazine, I opened it up and a $20 bill fell out of my lap. Now I tell you, when you're living by faith, you don't go stuffing $20 bills in magazines. In fact, I, I, don't, I, I, I doubt very seriously if Bill Gates or Warren Buffett go stuffing $20 bills in magazines. It was a God gift. And we went and bought fuel, and I was able to do my calls that night and do what I needed to be doing as a pastor. Isn't that wonderful? I went Another time, I, I, this is when we were, we were plant we, we, were, we had resigned our salary there in the 1980s, and our, our first month's, Mortgage was due that day and we didn't have the money and I'm wrestling and my little Italian wife such a woman of faith she looks at me she goes you're doubting God God can do this God's got this I'm going but it's due today it's supposed to be him today and God hasn't given us and she goes you just need to pray now, if you know my wife, she didn't say it now, dear, it would be really nice for you go to pray. You know? and, and so I did, and the next day the money came in and we paid our mortgage. But then we had to put a roof on our house. How many know that's? Not just a couple of dollars. We started praying. And, and what we did during this time, we kept a prayer journal because we wanted our kids to see all of God's answers to prayer. we have been praying for a couple of weeks about that roof because it was leaking. (laughs) And uh, one morning, my bookkeeper buzzed me. She goes, Pastor, you need to step in here. I've got an envelope here. And I think you want to see it. I said, okay. So I step in. She goes, I came in this morning, and this was laying on my desk, and she turned this white envelope to me, and it just said for Pastor Dean, and inside was the exact amount of money we needed to fix the roof. And I had not told anyone we were praying for that. But there it was. Now, I could keep telling you stories because I want you to know the God that you read about in the Holy Scripture, He is God today. He's not changed. And I want Amen. you to know you can trust him. You can believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek yes. Amen. him. Trust him. What do you need from God today? We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.